Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly biography show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. My guest today is Mr. Martin Toma, the co-founder of the highly successful and aptly named ad agency, Toma and Toma in Little Rock, Arkansas. In 1989, after working several years in print journalism and copywriting for newspapers and ad agencies, Martin Toma and his wife Melissa leveraged their talents, which are many, and opened Toma and Toma, a branding and marketing communications firm. It wasn't long before their small creative boutique got noticed. The power couples firm was winning awards and growing. Their dependability to conceive, develop, and execute marketing campaigns has led to a diverse group of customers, projects, and products. Nothing too big, nothing too small for the Tomas. Some of their body of work may be viewed on their website at tomantoma.com. That's T-H-O-M-A. Besides being risk-takers and entrepreneurial necessity, the couple's gift may lie in identifying their client's strengths, developing their client's brand, and getting the word out. So much so that they are the co-creator of the Brand Navigator system. They describe their software as a unique, proprietary, and proven process to discern, define, and articulate brand power. We're going to find out what that means. And to share his learned and tested knowledge with both small and large companies alike, Martin Toma writes and speaks frequently on the concept of living your brand. He has written a book, Branding Like the Big Boys. It is my great pleasure and Gray's great pleasure to welcome to the table my friend, fellow entrepreneur, visionary, and longtime entrepreneur, businessman, Mr. Martin Toma of Toma and Toma Ad Agency. Hey, Martin, right. my friend. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. You're so welcome. So you and I were on the cutting edge of technology in the mid-90s. When the internet was born. <laughs> but, you know, people weren't putting their credit cards online. No, they were not. And we were... And that was a whole new thing. We were out there spending our tiny little savings on this newfangled you know, idea and product. I mean, it was me and you, Marla Johnson from Aristotle, right. and uh, John Paul, JP Fitness. That's right. That's right. Those are the yeah. only people I knew in Little Rock. There was it. a big bet at that time, and you were going all in on e-commerce. You were out in front, Carrie. Uh, yeah, almost. So were you. You, it all, you did my. You helped do my first website. Mm-hmm. It almost right. bankrupted me, also, because we were too far ahead, and I learned right. what the meaning of being on the bleeding edge of technology means. Because you're bleeding, bleeding red ink. You are bleeding <laughs> red ink. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but well, and there are early adopters, and there are generally not enough early adopters to make commerce go so mm-hmm. it just took a while didn't it, mm-hmm. it but did. i will give you this what? there are a lot of e-commerce startups that are gone 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 aren't they oh there are yeah. a lot of them there are a lot of them that gone and you have built a heck of a business on your e-commerce well, platform pe- well thank you people always ask me how'd you get such a great name flag and banner.com and i'm mm. like well got there the first. first one yeah <laughs> got there first didn't i had you? my pick <laughs> so um Let's talk about your business because it started. You and your wife started out in 1989, and that's right. And here it is, 1995. There's this newfangled thing called the internet. You thought, what did you think your business was going to be when you started off that little cottage boutique well, ad agency? What did you think you were going to be doing? Writing copy? You were you're a journalism major. Melissa was a graphic designer. I was a copywriter. Together, we could. Um, make layouts we could make ads we could make brochures we could make tv spots radio spots we could do pr we could pretty much put any kind of creative communication solution together we were both sides of the uh, of the coin if you will both sides of the equation so when we set out we really set out to create a um a, f- a freelance boutique it was the two of us for about five years maybe seven years we didn't have a single employee other than the two of us and um so our our vision at that point was uh, was was 
was putting food on the table, <laughs> putting butter on the bread, and um, working for ourselves, creating something that we could be proud of that, that we owned and that we had some agency over, direction over. Mm-hmm. And um, so as, as far as uh, grand designs about building any certain kind of a business that looked like something to us, at that point I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that we had that. We were really mm-hmm. simply just trying to uh, create a, a lifestyle and a, uh, uh, some agency for ourselves. Agency uh, not as a business, not as an ad agency, but agency in our own lives where we had some control, some autonomy, some choices about, uh, about the work, about the lifestyle, about the um, capabilities that we would build. We were frustrated. So I guess you got, were frustrated working for other people because you had your own vision of what of what things should look like for customers and they didn't always follow your plan is that how that seems like that's how entrepreneurs always start I've got, out i've got a feeling that's a pretty good description of an entrepreneur yeah. somebody who's frustrated working for others because they think they've got a better better idea a better way uh-huh. um, they want to be their own boss you know it's funny i i learned um pretty quickly that uh, being your own boss is really uh a, a myth right when you open your own business now you have uh, many bosses. Every one of your clients is now your boss, as well as as you start hiring employees. Now they're your bosses too. So, yeah, that's so true. But we do get uh, we we do get to make decisions. And um, uh, Melissa and I just spent a month in Mexico, part vacation, part work from uh, part work from uh, Mexico. Who are you doing? Well, who are you working for in Mexico? Well, we, we you speak Spanish. I'm learning. I thought you did speak. Um, <laughs> there you I go. thought you but, spoke uh, You know, we, uh, we, didn't, we didn't have to ask permission to go do that. We, we worked for our clients here in, in Arkansas and around the states. We didn't have a client in Mexico. We just wanted to work from somewhere else and, and try that. Oh. That, was one of the, that was one of the learnings from, from COVID for us, that we, should be, we could be anywhere in the world and, and still conduct business. Be creative. Right. Be creative. And work actually through. get better ideas because you're not in your – Boring, same environment. Right, right. So, you know, the the payoff for us is we, you know, we didn't have to ask permission to do that. We have some agency in our own lives, and and that's really, uh, I think that was really the driver for us. We You're like to Ernest create. Hemingway. <laughs> didn't he go live all around to be creative? Oh, he lived in Cuba, yeah. Cuba, and Arkansas. And Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arkansas. Arkansas. Um, Paris. Yeah. If you're a writer, you can work wherever you are, right? Well, that's kind of what you – well, that is exactly what you are. Yeah. You're yeah. a journalist major. Right, right, exactly. Uh, I like your blog. We're going to talk about your blog. Uh, everybody should read your blog. It's – it's you can tell you're – it's not like my blog, which I've been writing since 2004. Can you believe I've been writing a blog? Good for you, blog. yeah. Yeah, that's almost 20 years now, isn't it? But – and it's and it, it's a commitment. Right. But um, you, you can tell I'm not a writer. You can tell you well, are you a write, writer. You're a writer, Carrie. Sun Gray, go ahead and say it. He's making faces. I'm the one that edits her blog every week. <laughs> every writer needs <laughs> for a good better, editor. for better or worse. Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it's fun though. So, uh, uh, Melissa, let's talk about her talents. She's a graphic artist, but she's an opera singer. Melissa's a woman of many talents. She's very creative. She's the epitome of creative. You know, when we did some of these um, uh, personality profiles. These were process-oriented, research-oriented, pure creativity-oriented, just a flash of brilliance. And Melissa came out 10 out of 10 on this on this pure creativity uh, dimension. So I'm like, okay, well, this this really explains her because she's just she's just pure creative. She's just pure firepower. You know, yeah. you don't even have to get through the uh, the brief before she's got uh, 10 answers for you. So, really, yeah, she's a lot of fun to work with. She produces a lot of creative ideas in a very short time. Um, were your parents entrepreneurs? No, no, I'm the black sheep of the family. My what did they my do? family is full of of uh, uh, farmers, educators, PhDs, scientists, accountants, and the like. Um, uh, nobody really got me <laughs> growing up. So um, yeah, I'm the I'm the black sheep creative one. I fell pretty far from the tree. When you when you said I'm going to go into journalism, they were like, "What are you going to do with that?" Well, I liked writing. Yeah. So um, this is one of the influences of Melissa on my wife. I was kind of wandering around in, in college trying to find my way, uh, actually studying chemistry at that point. My older brother's a chemical engineer. My dad's a uh, Ph.D. biochemist. And, uh, Good Lord. Uh, you, know, bio- you don't even know. You can't even say what it is. I can't even say all the things that they do. 
my younger brother's a PhD soil and water scientist. And so wow. here I was wandering around in college taking chemistry and organic chemistry and all these things and doing well with it, but really not very happy with that, uh, with that course of study. And uh, this is about the time I got acquainted with Melissa. And she's like, what do you like to do, Martin? What are you good at? And I was like, well, I really like to write. She's like, you ought to come over here to the journalism department. It's full of writers. You know, there are all kinds of really interesting characters over there. Come try it out. So that was my uh, that was my encouragement to to try journalism. Ultimately, so majored in journalism and English together because I wanted to write. So you weren't in college in the same buildings together. How did y'all ever even meet? Well, we'd gone to school. We'd gone to high school together, ah. and uh, so we we were a year apart. We bumped into each other on on campus um, one day mm-hmm. and uh, got got acquainted, reacquainted, mm-hmm. acquainted. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're a year apart in high school. That's a big difference that is, in age. Um, but not in college. <laughs> not in college. Exactly. Um, what about um, where you grew up? Did you grow up in Arkansas? Is all your family in Arkansas? I grew up in Fayetteville. I was born in New York. Uh, my you dad are. was a university professor. We kind of moved around a few. Where your parents live now? Uh, my dad actually retired many years ago. He lives in Australia. And, uh, what? And, uh, cool. He's, he's been an expat, really, almost since he retired. Uh, Thailand, Germany, Australia. He's lived all over the world. And uh, he's a soil scientist? He's, he's the uh, biochemist, yeah. My mother lives in Kansas City now. She's a retired educator. and So they're not together anymore? No, they divorced when I was in high school. So uh, He's just too smart. Try telling her what to do all the time. I couldn't stand that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could not. Um, so what does he think? What does your dad think of biochemists? What does he think about covid He's on the fringe of these things. He and I don't really agree very much on uh, on, on some of these dimensions is regarding he, the science of COVID and so is forth. He like, I'm not going to repeat okay, his. Okay, uh, is he I'm like repeat his Is commentary. he like Elon Musk, a, a crazy genius? Yeah. Although I have to say, I have a crazy friend who's an artist, and he was telling me about Martians in space, and he listens to his ham radio, and he can hear stuff going on out there. And I was like, okay, I can't. I'm not going to be able to have <laughs> drinks with you anymore because you make me crazy talking about this stuff. And I'll be darned if the if NASA hasn't confessed that there's stuff out space we don't know what all is out there yeah right so i have to take back so your dad, black holes your and dad may know more than we think he's nah. just ahead of his time he, all right he might he, he might. might let's give dad a break all right this is a great place to take a break when we come back we'll continue our conversation with mr martin toma co-founder with his wife melissa of toma and toma ad agency in little rock arkansas and author of branding like the big boys he brought me the book i can't wait to read it and frequent guest speaker where he shares tips on marketing in the 20 first century still to come we're going to talk about advertising building and identifying your company brand understanding and navigating the many varied advertising options in the 21st century we'll be right back you're listening to up in your business with carrie mccoy a production of flagandbanner.com over 40 years ago with only 400 dollars, carrie founded arkansas flag and banner During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, starting from door-to-door sales, then telemarketing, to mail order and catalog sales. Today, she has branched out into podcasts, Facebook live stream, and YouTube videos of this radio show. Each week, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting and inspiring. Stay up to date by joining FlagandBanner.com's mailing list. You'll receive our Water Cooler Weekly e-blast that notifies you of our upcoming guests, happenings at Dreamland Ballroom, sales at FlagandBanner.com, access to Brave Magazine articles, and Carrie's current blog post. All that in one weekly email. Or you may simply like FlagandBanner.com's Facebook page for timely notifications. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. The FlagandBanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you, Gray. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Mr. Martin Toma, an author and a public speaker on all things marketing and the co-founder of Toma & Toma Ad Agency. Now, we need to talk about marketing. Of all the things a small business owner does in a day, advertising to me is one of the hardest. It's intangible, it's a gray area, and it's expensive. Is there a difference between marketing and advertising? Well, that's a great question. I would uh, nest advertising up under the discipline of marketing. There are a lot of activities that an organization un- undertakes that are marketing activities, advertising being one of them. Um, I put marketing communications up there as an umbrella over uh, many communication 
initiatives that, that a business would take on. Um, building your website, social media, content marketing like this podcast, which is really clearly supporting your business. Yes. It's giving you a platform. It's giving you lots of uh, uh, audience members and uh, giving, giving people a, a reason to share uh, some content from a flag and banner around the Internet. Uh, public relations initiatives, um, advertising. Now, advertising, we can break down into so many different kinds of activities and channels, right? Mm -hmm. um, pro you know, promotional advertising. I'm looking around the office here. I'm seeing lots of coffee cups and uh, uh, posters and, and banners. I mean, mm -hmm. and I know you all sell plenty of uh, specialty products mm -hmm. with people's logos on them. Mm -hmm. Flags. Um, flags with like logos. Flags, yeah. Logos, flags, <laughs> slogans. Um, so, uh, so, you know, yeah. it's so hard and so gray that I, at some time in my 40s, went back to college to take an advertising course. Mm -hmm. And the guy talked about the three Ps, right. product, placement, and price. Yep. Do they still do that? Those are, those are fundamentals. Mm -hmm. I mean, one, what's your product? I mean, you can't market something if you don't have a, a thing to market. So w place is where, like, where is it? How is it bought? Is it bought in a re it? retail store? Is it bought on a website? Is it bought, you know, in a food stall in, in you know, in, in mm -hmm. a market in Miami? So, and then so price. Place, price, how's it priced? You want to be the low market. leader? You're going to be the low-cost leader? You're going to be a premium price? You're going to be a luxury good, um, mm -hmm. a, a mass? Mm -hmm. uh, you see... Um, Companies, car, you know, car companies, uh, perfume, uh, clothing companies trying to sometimes be all things to all people, and it can cause some You know what dissonance. I saw on t You know what I saw in newspaper? Mm -hmm. I saw a Cadillac dealer put up a price, say, just for rounding numbers, 50, uh, retail price $50,000, our price sixty. They were overselling the suggested retailer's price. Well, they could they could do that for a little while following COVID. I don't know if that still sticks. Isn't anymore. that interesting? <laughs> yes. Talk about a luxury product. It was a Cadillac. Yeah. And they're like. Well, that was probably at a time when you couldn't get a Cadillac mm -hmm. otherwise, right? You I've know? never seen that in my Remember life. You're spending okay. more than a new new price on a used car. That was happening. For and a then while. one of the things I know that I learned when I went to that class and that I really was doing wrong, he said, "Don't let the tail wag the dog." I would be like, I want to advertise on TV. So I'd pick the tail, which, right, is, right. which is, I think, I'll be on TV. Yeah. Then mm -hmm. I'd try to figure out what I was going to show on TV. Right, right. Find out what you want to sell and then find out the avenue that best fits the customer that your customer will be at to advertise to them. Yeah. So I yeah. was doing that backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I was making my ad campaign and then trying to figure out what I wanted to say. Yeah, so that's really the, the strategic planning function of marketing, which is really where marketing starts and, and, and lives. You've got to start with the strategy. What, what do I have to sell? How is it priced? Where are I going to find the buyers? Who are going to be the buyers? And then you can start engineering your program, right? So your professor was right. Don't let the tail wag the dog. You're going to piss away a lot of money doing that. Get a strategic focus. Find your... Uh, buyers figure out what their motivations are and then speak to that when I first started advertising in the newspaper I would put a product on the newspaper mm -hmm. and then my mother would come in and say did you sell very many of those products and I'd say no but we were really busy today so it's hard sometimes to know if it's working because you may be advertising a product they see your name and they think oh I think I'll come down and buy. You may be advertising a U.S. flag, but they see your name and they come down and say, well, I think I'll buy a boat flag today. Yeah, it happens all the time, doesn't it? How do People you... People think about going in for, or maybe they go to a website. They're looking for one thing and find something else. So that's a, you know, it's an Is that hard purchase. to train your customers to understand that? Or do they just go, well, you tried to sell bunting today and it didn't sell, so you're no good. Do your customers yeah. savvy enough to understand that? They generally are, and they're generally looking at... Um, uh, more macro initiatives, and particularly when oh, we're yeah, talking micro, about micro macro. Yeah, particularly when we're, we're talking about uh, building a brand, you're not necessarily going to see a dollar for dollar with every you know, with every expenditure you make. You have to look at the overall trend. You have to look at the overall results, and you have to look at the um, uh, the program over time. 
okay? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's a real catch-22 because a lot of times, um, uh, particularly as a small business, you don't really have the luxury of, of waiting, you know, until next year for those dollars to pay off. You need to get a sale now. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, uh, and branding is about waiting. PR is about waiting. You yeah, got deep pockets games, yeah. to do long those yeah. those 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 games. So uh, let's t let's talk about when you first started. There were three ways to advertise: TV, radio, and the newspaper, and yeah, maybe a yeah. magazine. Maybe we we'll had outdoor in there, but yeah, you you generally had and outdoor. You generally had well, now what we think of traditional or analog means of advertising. Carrie, when we started our business, we were um, <laughs> sending. Type out to a, a linotype typesetter, getting it back in big sheets called galleys, and then pasting that down onto a, an artboard mm -hmm. and sending that out to a prepress operator to just to make an ad. Now we build it all on our computer and we send a PDF. It's crazy. There's a lot of businesses that are uh, laying on the side of the road now that just don't exist anymore yeah. due to the revolutions in, uh, in communication. In all technology. Yeah. And uh, then when you start talking about the, the ways and means through which you can get your message out, yeah, it's just, there's just been a profusion of new media, new venues. I have to say, of all the ways that I, I mean, of course, Google AdWords, are, you, can't, you can't have a business without in my opinion, without go without buying into the Google AdWords, right, right. But direct mail has is does so good for the price. Again, it depends on what you're selling. Uh, it can be you know if it's do not the right. Do you use it very much? Uh, we do some. A lot of times you're not do, big on it. A lot of times we do um, postcards. Yeah. Um, you know, I like postcards because they're, they're cheap to send. They're cheap cheaper to make, and they're a, they're a billboard that comes in the mail, right? And um, you don't have to open it. You can look at it front back. You get the message. If you've got a strong offer, a strong product, um, you've got good performance there. Mm -hmm. so, um, and I've tested all different sizes and all different shapes. That mm -hmm. big postcard does the best. Yeah. So yeah. there's your tip for the day, listeners. If you want to do direct mail, and don't you think you should go to your customers and your customer base first? That's the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. You know, the, the old um, rule of thumb is it cost 20% as much to sell to an existing customer as it does to acquire a new customer. How much? 20%. Cost one-fifth as much to sell something to an existing customer uh -huh. versus creating a new customer. Mm -hmm. And intuitively, I mean, maybe those numbers shift around, but intuitively we get it, right? Yeah. They already have a relationship with you. They understand you. They know, they know you and trust you. Brand loyalty. Uh, those are, yeah, they're loyal mm -hmm. to you. So those are, those, are your, those are your best prospects. Your I am amazed customers. when I see a uh, second-generation child take over the first-generation mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. Their dad or somebody passes it down to them, mm -hmm. and they take it. And the first thing they do is they cut their advertising budget so they can have more money on the bottom line. And before long, that business is gone. This just is no longer a world where if you build a better mousetrap, the world will be to path to your door if you build a better mousetrap you better by golly market it and do it well and, and keep do it consistently. doing it yeah. yes you've got exactly. to keep doing it exactly because there are thousands of other companies out there competing for attention every single day you've probably seen the the data it depends on who you read but there's anywhere from three thousand to seven or eight thousand commercial messages that each of us as americans receive every single day that is a lot. What did you say? Three to eight thousand, depending on what study you read. Messages we receive a day: the yeah, radio, the TV, the radio, your yeah, spam, yeah, your exactly, your phone. Exactly. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I so that's a I'm, lot. Of can't think of anything anymore. There's too much stuff exactly. in my head. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How can you process all that? So your your brain is constantly filtering all that crap out. How right? do, so, just, how, so what do you do with that knowledge? What do you do with that knowledge? What do I do with it? Yeah. Well, we have to recognize that um, the secret to efficiency and, and success in marketing is um, is being very focused, right? We've got to be focused with our audience definition. We've got to be focused with our, our product definition and our, our value proposition. We've got to understand what it is people are looking for, and we've got to speak to those needs because that's what's going to rise up above the noise. 
right? So we can't just hit everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry with our message and hope to be successful. It's going to be too expensive. It's going to be wasteful. It's not going to be efficient. Target marketing. Exactly. We've got a target. So I took a class one time, uh, a seminar on how to hire employees and how to write mm-hmm. a good employment ask when you're trying to okay. hire somebody. Help wanted ad. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was always saying flag and banner needs la, 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 secretary to answer the phone. And, the, and I learned in that class, speaking of speaking to your customers' needs, to flip it and say, if you would like to work right. for, what do a, they need? Mm-hmm. for a progressive, fast-growing company answering the phone, call so-and-so. Right. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And, but the I script. S- we talk about um, speaking to benefits, not features. Speaking to benefits. Benefits, not features. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Here's a nice Ameri- uh, American flag up here. So we could talk about the stitching. We could talk about the, the fabric. The um, Yeah, three-by-five uh, nylon flag. Yeah, we could talk about the weight of the nylon and the stitch count and all, yeah. you know, all kinds of uh, stuff like that that um, doesn't mean anything to anybody but, but you and the manufacturers. Yeah. Or we could talk about the durability, the color fastness, the, um, the, pride, the, emo- the, feel, the emotional the emotion. kick, the emotion. I talk about brands as being the emotional connective tissue between us, our companies, and, and our customers. Yeah, what's the emotional payoff? What's the benefit, not the feature, of the product? So you're really flipping the point of view, right? You're turning the telescope around and looking through the other end of it and talking to that individual uh, from, from where they stand and, and uh-huh. from where their needs are. If you want to feel proud about your home, buy a flag and put yeah. it out front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flags, flags are inherently emotional and political and, and Exactly. Intense, Why do you fly you know? a flag? You fly so, a flag to express yourself absolutely. and to convey some yes. sense of we, meaning. Yeah, it, this it's, is, that's what makes it so Fourth hard to advertise Arkansas Flag and Banner and why I'm everywhere all the time buying ad space is because every American wants a flag. Right. But when? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. You got that it is, right. Well, this is when. This, when do they want it? So yeah, yeah. that also goes to the you know that that goes to our work, which is uh, developing, building awareness, building associations. Yep. When somebody uh, finally comes around that. to, I want a flag. Who do they think of? We want them to think. That's of you, what right? I say all the time. We mm-hmm. we got to keep sending it out year round because right. they may not be buying right now, but we they they've got to remember us when they decide That's to buy. Exactly it. You're exactly right. right. So let's talk about this because we we got a lot to cover. Google SEM. Social media, SEO, SEM, search engine marketing, that's Google spend. Do you think everybody has to do it? Because I sure spend a lot of bucks on it. Yeah, again, it depends on what your product is. But if, if you want to be found on the Internet, uh-huh. you are going to have to master search. And there are two, you're just, you're listing off some acronyms there. Uh-huh. But two, two key components of search are paid search, mm-hmm. which is search engine marketing or mm-hmm. SEM, Google AdWords, Bing, lots mm-hmm. of other mm-hmm. ways that you can be found in search, even in YouTube and Facebook. You can buy search-driven ads. And then and, yeah. organic search, SEO, is optimizing your website so that people find you through the organic links. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. we're just going to say this for your listeners, uh-huh. that when we do a search, we get a whole list of sponsored links, which are ads. And in the sandwich in the middle, the cream filling of the Oreo is all the organic mm-hmm. stuff. 70 to 80 percent of people only click on organic links. So Really? Yeah. So I you did need not know that. So, so you how do you, how, Really? That's interesting because you think every Tom, Dick, and Harry isn't paying that much attention, and they're just going to click the top what is, one. What is the most convenient? Most know, people is, know, yeah. Most they do now, know, yeah, because the data shows that uh, the vast majority, not a slim majority, but the vast majority, click the organic link. So and really, you, you really you want uh, in the top three to five, but have number one's best. Top three is sure. is, yeah. is next to noticed, best. Have you noticed that Bing is an older clientele? I. Uh, I haven't. So we have noticed mm -hmm. that Bing has an older clientele because you buy computers and they already have that Microsoft on it. And they never change it. They never bother to go look and use a different search engine. So that's a tip for everybody. We we advertise on both of them. Okay, before we go to our next break and then come back and talk about brand marketing seriously about your software, text messaging. Everybody's sick of spam. Every, we are been I can't tell you how many people don't open their emails anymore. It's right. kind of weird. If you don't sit at a desk, you use your phone. That's if you right. sit at a desk and it didn't used to be that way. 
So I've noticed my mailbox is back full of brochures again. Mm-hmm. Have oh, you your, your physical mailbox? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed? Yeah, I, and I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of nonprofit fundraising. I get a lot of products that are yeah, coming through. I get a lot a, of information from car dealers. For a while, you didn't have that. For a while, your mailbox right. was empty again, and everybody went to email marketing. And then now that people are not opening their emails, I've noticed the opening rate is not as good. Is we're going to text marketing. What do you think about text? Well, text is. Um, I'm going to say it's it's more intrusive because people pay more attention to their text. Mm-hmm. It's harder to get people onto text, and most often it's opt-in or it's your, it's your customers. Sure. Again, you were talking about the value of communicating first with your own customers, so text is a great way to do that, and there are certainly uh, very effective platforms for broadcast text messaging to your customers or, or, or to other um, audiences. It will suffer the same overload as it becomes easier for marketers to get cell phone numbers and to send them. I'm, you're probably seeing it. I'm mm-hmm. seeing it in my mm-hmm. phone. My, phone. Oh, yeah. my text more. messaging app already has a spam filter like yeah. built into it. So, so yeah. what's the next thing? What's the next thing? It's probably going to be some sort of uh, uh, some it's something that's right on the back of these uh, artificial intelligence uh, search engines, chat AGP, uh, ch- chat GPT. AGP. We're going to have holograms show up at our door yeah. and go, hello, Miss McCoy. Yeah. I heard you wanted <laughs> yeah. to have Amazon deliver something for you today. Yeah. I'm here to assist you in your purchase. It's, uh, yeah, it is. Um, it's uh, search, audio search or voice activated search. Right, mm-hmm. so people are using these smart speakers. So how do how do you know how do we insert ourselves into into that conversation? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Alexa, okay. Alexa, Alexa, yeah. Alexa. I'm looking for my package. Do mm-hmm. you know where it is? Mm-hmm. Yes, Carrie, mm-hmm. it's in St. Louis. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this: um, Is there a standard percentage or a guideline for a business of how much they should advertise? I know Coke, who costs nothing to make their product, advertise has a huge advertising budget. They spend all their money on probably transportation, but not on making the product. Yeah. Because Coke cans and Coke don't cost anything. Right, right. Yeah. Is there a standard percentage or a guideline for a business of how much they should advertise? I would love for it to be 8% or 12%. Yeah. I've got a couple chapters in my book on this because I, you know, I did some did some research and, and, and provided some comparisons. Um, some of it comes down to the appetite of the of the advertiser and how aggressive they are. Uh, there are some rules of thumb. If you've got a highly um, transactional business, like a hamburger stand, like Coke, yeah. like McDonald's, yeah. like Burger King, like Jimmy John's, rallies, you know, people eat every day, but you have to continually remind them, you know, of your product. Uh, those companies are spending seven, eight, ten percent of sales on um, on advertising and marketing. If you've got a firm that's more relationship oriented and less transactional oriented so an accounting firm a law firm you know other kinds of business to business firms they're often spending um one two percent sometimes less than one percent of sales on marketing so i don't know how you don't spend money with google because the minute you turn it up you make more sales yeah, yeah. Well, then it's just a uh, it's just a matter of making sure that it's optimized, right? And so yeah. that you're getting the um, getting the right return that? on investment. I mean, I have to pay somebody to do that. I have to pay and outsource it to a company to do that. I cannot do it anymore. 20 I, years I ago you could do it in office, but I don't, I don't think it I don't think it pays any individual business owner to try to become an expert at Google AdWords. It's, it's a waste a, of their time. It's a science. It requires software and it requires people who have their heads under the hood doing that day in and day out or you're wasting money i think you're going to get a better return by hiring a professional and an expert to help you optimize that spend and that's really what you want to look at right you i mean you can spend any amount on google that you can spend if you're making back the roi on right you can just keep spending yeah Mm -hmm. do you feel like that thinking applies to other aspects of marketing or advertising you know, do you outsource who's doing your mail lists or your TV ad production or, you know, at some how point. How much do you want to do in-house? Yeah, at and some, how much yeah, do you at some point, it, we, yeah. I feel like our marketing, in-house marketing department expands and contracts a lot at Flag and Banner as the times change. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And, and almost every business confronts that. All of our clients have in-house capabilities as well as an agency helping them. Sometimes more than one agency there are you know plenty of 
uh, client marketing organizations that, that go and kind of cherry pick and hire experts in, in certain yeah. areas. So like if you're but, great at brand and somebody else is great at Google AdWords and somebody yeah, else, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in our case, we'll even we'll even create partnerships with some of our, um, you know, with, with subcontractors and partners who are particularly expert at, at, at certain capabilities. We don't necessarily try to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, uh, you know, again, it's an ROI and it's a taste and it's a capability uh, question. How good do you think you can be and how much talent do you think you can hire and how well can they perform there are plenty of organizations that only have in-house marketing teams you know they've Mm -hmm. got big ones there are others that really don't spend that much time they you know they hire one or two experts who are going to be the quarterbacks and the chieftains and they're going to kind of call the shots and organize the the outsourced relationships I don't think there's any silver bullet to that question, it's a, but it's a great question. It's one that... But there's not that, one shoe fits all. There's not, and every every business owner and leader is going to have to grapple with that themselves mm-hmm. yeah. and probably kind of flip-flop around a little bit on deck until they figure out exactly what the, yeah, what sure. the right mix is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mr. Martin Toma, co-founder of Toma & Toma Ad Agency, a branding and marketing communications firm in Little Rock, Arkansas. Still to come, what does it mean when Martin says, we help clients live their brand, we'll learn what their trademarked brand navigator system software tool does, and branding like the big boys, Martin's book, are his pearls of wisdom still relevant in the ever-changing landscape of advertising? And the biggest question, the biggest little mistake companies make in marketing. We'll be right back. Get ready for the flag season. And Flag and Banner can really set you up. We sell so much more than just flags. We also have decorative bunting, full fans, and many other patriotic accessories for your house. Stop by our showroom in downtown Little Rock for more ideas. Get ready for flag season. Show your red, white, and blue from Memorial Day to the 4th of July. Shop flagandbanner.com or come on by the showroom downtown Little Rock at 800 West 9th Street. Flagandbanner.com. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Martin Toma, co-founder of the Toma and Toma Ad Agency, a recognized author and a public speaker on branding, marketing strategy, and communications. If you missed the last segment, you should go and listen to it. There was some good stuff if you're a small business owner and you're one to advertise. I will say this about <coughs> advertising that I noticed that small entrepreneurs do all the time, and I've been guilty of it. Sales are down. What's the first expense you cut? Advertising. Now sales are really down. If you're a really risk-taking entrepreneur and your sales are down, you need to find some advertising dollars to get them back up. It's the opposite of what you might think. Yeah, I've written a couple of blogs on this, Carrie, during uh, recessionary periods because we definitely see that. You know, recessionary wins or, or uh, recessionary headlines are all in the in in the uh, newspapers and all over the. Scares internet. everybody to death. Scares everyone to death. Death and the, and truly, the first one of the first and the easiest things to cut is advertising spend. Right, I don't have to cut any payroll. I don't have to lay anybody off. I don't have to. Um, lose sleep at night over the jobs that I've just cut and the, the, the people who are my, my friends and my family and my employees that I just, you know, put on unemployment. So, yeah, advertising is, a, is an easy cut to make, but the data shows that uh, those companies that do that suffer, and they suffer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Companies that, through recessionary periods, continue advertising gain market share and that market share grows over time it grows much more rapidly after the recessionary period is over than before so yeah smart Mm -hmm. hard to do Mm -hmm. got to dig deep to do it but you're right it is it is probably one of the most uh counterproductive counterintuitive counterproductive cuts to make you know i learned that the hard way i didn't know the data supported it but i have definitely learned that the hard way so martin you say Our goal is to serve ambitious, growth-oriented companies for whom smart brand strategy and aggressive execution can create market-moving results. So when a client comes to you, what is the first thing you ask them? What do you want to accomplish? I mean, our our work is simply in service to our clients' strategic business objectives. So, you know, branding, advertising, public relations, any of these initiatives that we help 
create and uh, facilitate for our clients is really um, you know only only in service to the business objective. So that's the first question. Now, second question is how can we help? You know, we can explore that then because most likely, just as we were talking about a little while ago, most likely that organization has some capabilities. They've got some smarts. They've got a whole track record. So they if you ask me that can. question, I'd say, I want to grow my business. That's what I want. And they go, well, how do you want to do that? And you go, well, I don't know. That's why I'm here. What do you think? And then, and then you start in with, I like what you said here, nearly every client engagement seemed to reinforce their philosophy that a brand was not so much a marketing discipline as a leadership discipline. So do you right. get in the head of these people? Do you go look at their business? Or oh, sure. Yeah, when we get into a brand, uh, when we get into a brand strategy development uh, exercise or consultation, uh, the first order of business is really to understand what makes that organization tick, what makes it unique, what makes it desirable to do business with. And we go through a, uh, a discernment process with the executive team to really try to get our fingers onto the, the DNA, what we call the DNA of the company. And then, Carrie, we, we complement that with a, we call that the inside-out look, and we complement that with an outside-in look, which is market research, interviewing their customers, oh. surveying them online, getting into the heads of their customers then, hearing the voice of the customer. And we often, often hear through these customer interviews, words, phrases, ideas that ultimately find their way into the, the brand strategy because now we've got the customers talking back to us. Is well, it hard to get customers to talk to you? It's, uh, it's surprisingly easy. Really? <laughs> People like to be asked their opinion. And we do this uh, through a number of means. Uh, we'll, we'll seek phone interviews. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll uh, conduct focus groups. Uh, we like what we call focus conversations. They're really focus groups of one that are generally done over a phone call. And then we'll also do internet-enabled surveys. So if I hired you, you'd look at my customers and you go, do you, can I call these people? And I go, okay. And yeah, you yeah. call them up and say, why do you like working with Arkansas Flag and Banner? Yeah, we develop a, we develop a comprehensive survey that's really um, diagnostic and probative about, uh, about uh, validating and informing those uniques that we came up with in the inside out does so any other ad agency do that or is that just you many ad agencies do market research i don't believe that there's any agency in the mid-south that has designed developed and proven out a system like our brand navigator system what is the brand navigator system so the brand navigator is a is a process it's a consultative process but it's trademarked it's trademarked. You you mentioned it. Uh, you said it was a software. I wouldn't call it a software so it's product. Not a software. It's techno. It's a technology. It's really intellectual property of our firm. Okay. So it's a oh. it's a consultative process that we take our clients through. We navigate them through the brand strategy is formation process. Is it an app or is it a piece of paper that you answer questions on? It's a. It's a consultation with our smart people. Okay, so it's a process we're going to take our clients through that begins with the inside out, which is a discernment with the executive team as to what makes the product, service, or company like a hard unique. Thing to trademark. It's it's uh, a conversation. You can trademark a conversation. Yeah, it's a process. It's a consultative process okay. that nobody else knows how to do but us. So um, it's our secret sauce, right? So you can trademark that. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, you, you definitely yeah, can. It's intellectual yeah. property, right? It's like an idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Idea, process, mm-hmm. uh, So, so I didn't mean to keep interrupting you. So you, you, you bring them in and, you, and they say, yes, I want to do business with you. Right, right, right. And then you say, all right, let's start the brand navigator system. Or do you do that before? you decide to take on a customer. And do you ever de- decline clients? Okay, several questions there. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the brand navigator is typically an engagement, right? So, so our clients already hired us to help them with their brand strategy formation. So okay. once they've hired us, then this is, the, you know, this is typically the, the first thing that we do. Not always. Some clients are, you know, they're really in a hurry to get to market with something, and they, you know, they need an advertising and marketing social media program built so we may you know get right to work and and come along and and work on the brand over time we've done it that way Um, but generally our first engagement is the is the brand strategy formation Um, that yields a system of 
narratives. We call them narratives or mantras that are the, we, we term them the brand leadership frames, Carrie. So you mentioned this earlier. Mm-hmm. A brand is a leadership principle, not a marketing activity. That brand would be something that separates our... Principle. Mm-hmm. A brand is a leadership principle because a brand is really, and managing a brand, is really about everything you do. It's not about your ads. It's not about your logo. It's not about your website solely. Those are components of brand expression. But really building a brand, differentiating your company, helping get new customers and drive loyalty through the power of your brand is a matter of leadership. And it's that, like a personality of the company. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeff Bezos, I, I've, got a, I've, I've got a definition of, uh, a brand, of a brand that I like to use. Uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon uh, once said, uh, brand is what, your brand is what people say about you when you leave the room. Okay? So using his definition, it's really your reputation. I like to say, and the, the definition that we use is that your brand is everything that is thought, known, said, felt, and experienced about your company product or thing, right? Wow, that's so good. when you think about it that way, everything is in your brand. Your brand is everything thought, known, said, experienced, felt. Yeah. So it's got, it's got knowledge, it's got word of mouth, it's got feelings in it. That's all your brand. So right. if you want to use that definition and then you want to start working on uh, managing your brand and turning your brand into a competitive weapon, which is really what we're trying to do, we're trying to use that brand to move the market, to move the world, to yeah. acquire customers and market share and attract and retain the best employees. Then managing your brand becomes a matter of managing everything you do. Everything you do, you say, how you show up, what your culture is inside your company, what your customer service definition is, your customer experience, all of that is in your brand, and all of that requires management and leadership. So this is why we say, live your brand. Live your brand. How do you do brands? You live your brand. And that's what your book's about. That's what my book's about. And you got that because you have, you have had really, really big customers. And you've had really small customers. That's right. And so your book is aptly named Branding Like the Big Boys. So you, you kind of learned all of this personality branding from the big boys, maybe? Yeah, so and what decided to put it, give it to the little guys. Yeah, what we've done, we've worked with really big companies. Um, a lot of our work is with small and middle market companies. Most of our clients are small and, and middle market and clients. And then you get a big sale in there. Yeah, but, we, but we looked, you know, we looked at the development of brands and we recognized that the really big companies and the national brands were effective at this and they were using certain practices and principles well. Our own clients didn't really grok that. You know, a lot of times they showed up and said, I just want to make the cash register ring. Yeah. You know, okay, we want to help you make the cash register ring, but consider this. Consider what Coke and Mercedes and Google and Apple and um, Nike and Nordstrom and all of the really successful, well-known, well-loved brands are doing to manage, you know, to Mm -hmm. live their brand and consider whether you can't as a small and middle market business also do some of that. Yeah, you don't have the multi-millions and you don't have the armies of MBAs leading all this that Google does or Nordstrom or whoever, Apple, right? But you've got assets, you've got smart people, you've got capability. And in many ways, as an entrepreneurial company, you have more agency and and control over what happens, right? absolutely. Over what the culture is in your company, what the customer service is, what the customer experience is, what the advertising message is. You have much more control. How the employees act. Exactly. Okay, Hmm. here, give me an example. If I could bring uh, a couple of uh, banks okay. to the to the table, a bank that we work with in uh, North Arkansas that has operations in Ash Flat, Batesville, Mountain Home, Salem, Melbourne, all over FNBC Bank. Uh-huh. And banks are customer service organizations. At the end of the day, what really tends to differentiate them is the uh, customer experience that they deliver, the customer relationships that they forge, and truly their people. So. Um, our work with FNBC in, in crystallizing and characterizing and communicating their brand uniques ultimately led to them be, becoming one of the 
most sought after employment destination. So they began a, a attracting Good the talent. best bankers in that region. That's great. And they attracted some um, very high caliber, very talented uh, banking teams that were fed up with uh, big banks that had acquired their small banks and they yep. wanted to work in a better culture. So mm -hmm. they, and they, you know, they approached the CEO of our clients and said, hey, we understand that you're the best bank to work for in the region. We're thinking about leaving and uh, we want to explore this with you. Uh, Martin, I thank you for bringing me that book. You're welcome. So you. I Absolutely. told everybody that I would ask you, what's the number one mistake too many small businesses make? I love this question. You know, I often say that I got my MBA in the pages of Inc. magazine. Really? Uh, both Melissa and I had uh, journalism and uh, liberal arts degrees. We didn't know anything about running a business when we started a business. And I came across an article many years ago. Uh, it was a it was an interview with an entrepreneur. Uh, and, and this little phrase stuck with me for a long time. I'm successful now, but I had no idea how much work, how much time, and how much money it would take to get there. And I just keep that in mind. You know, it is going to take longer. You're going to work harder, and you're going to make less than you ever thought possible until it shifts. Until right? you don't. Until you don't. That's right. So um, I think, uh, I guess I would kind of distill that to... Um, you know, number one mistake could be un unreasonable expectations mm -hmm. and thinking that uh, starting a business is a, is a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's a, uh, you know, it's a slow, disciplined effort that will reward you in many ways, in, in, in many more ways than you ever thought possible if mm -hmm. you'll stick with it. Great advice. I love your blog. Where can people um, read your blog? Tomatoma.com. Yeah. Tomatoma. T H O M A. T H O M A. dot com. That's right. And can you sign up for it? Yeah, you can subscribe to it. You yeah. can subscribe yeah, to it. Absolutely. It's a really good blog. I really enjoyed reading it. Uh, and are you still doing speaking engagements? I'll speak anywhere anybody asks me to come. You yeah, charge? You bet. Generally, no. You're Generally, kidding. no. I get paid sometimes, but uh, honorarium. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll generally speak anywhere that anybody invites me. Well, that's really nice of you sharing yeah. your knowledge. Yes. I've really enjoyed visiting with you. I've, as, as I said at the beginning of the show, we've known each other for a year. We've been in the trenches together. That's right. I have, I have your gift. Thank you. If I'd have known you were born in New York City, I'd have brought you a New York City, I'd have brought you a New York flag, but I didn't know that, so I bought you an Arkansas. Well, and I'm an Arkansan through and through. Yeah, so you grew a, up here. There we go. There Thank you. you. And it's I lovely. Brought Thank you so much. You're welcome for your desk set, a desk it. set of U.S. and Arkansas flag. I love it. I can show my colors proudly now. You sure can. Thanks, Martin Toma. Tell Melissa I said hi. I will do it. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome. Enjoy this time together. Thank you. In closing, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.